listening to Everyday Engineering, the City of Madison's engineering podcast where we talk about infrastructure, complex topics explained simply, from the water that flows down your drain to the rain and snow that drains into the lakes, by way the curbs and streets we design. City engineering touches your life in so many ways, explained right now in Everyday Engineering. Thank you everyone for listening in with us today here on Everyday Engineering, a podcast where we're taking on topics that impact you directly, the listener, from an infrastructure standpoint. And today we are talking basements. My name is Hannah Molinitsky, Public Information Officer for the City of Madison Engineering Division, your host on this podcast. So a lot of you may currently have a bare concrete basement, unfinished or even filled with boxes and junk, filled with off-season everything in there. Maybe you don't know what's in there. Uh, Until now, where you are trying to plan a remodel, thinking of your winter project, you want to redo your basement. But before you do, you should probably listen to our engineers joining us today, Jojo O'Brien and Phil Gabler. Does that sound like both of you? Mm, we're both in Mystery. different stages of our basements. <laughs> I've been trying to get mine to stop leaking. Yeah, okay. I'm in the middle of a remodel. Oh, you are? So this is timely. Very this, timely. This is good. Okay, so basements. Uh, there's nothing worse than investing thousands of dollars into our basements to later be dealing with a mess with moisture, flooding, bad drainage, What are some things we need to check before we make that decision? Help us out. So a few things that you want to pay attention to are if you have any signs that there has been moisture in your basement in the past. So if there are any stains on the floor or on the wall, if it smells kind of mildewy and gross, Mm -hmm. um, and then if you've experienced anything or when you bought the house, if it was reported at all that it has flooded in the past. So when I bought my house, we could see that there was water on the floor Mm -hmm. and later on in the pod i'll talk about what we did to fix that but it was very evident and sometimes it's a little bit harder to tell but there is that tell telling smell (laughs) when you go down into an old basement and another place of moisture that is not kind of groundwater or sewer related is if they didn't seal the space between your sill the top of like the top of your concrete wall and where the house sits on it air can come in there and when that uh, when you get that airflow through, you can get condensation and get mildew and mold in and around the top of your basement as well. So where does the moisture come from? Is it groundwater, rainwater? Where does it come from? It, it always seems to make its way in when you don't want it. I don't think anyone really wants any moisture in their basement, but where does this come from? So in some places, the groundwater table right, is really high. So you can have a, a place where you maybe you're over bedrock, and then you have a couple feet and then your basement. And if we get a lot of water, which we've had in the last few years, we've had an excessive amount of rain, the groundwater can kind of move up in the soil column. And if it gets to your basement, it will find a crack and find its way into your house. And or it might come through uh, a floor drain mm-hmm. if there's a crack in your sewer pipe going out. You know, The water will find a way in and find the lowest opening. And what is a groundwater table for anyone listening who may not be familiar? You know, Madison gets all of its drinking water from groundwater also, and there's different aquifers throughout the system. The one we drink from is 250 feet deep, kind of its shallowest, mm-hmm. and it has a big layer, confining layer, where water can't really move through very easily. Uh, the shallow groundwater I'm talking about is usually rainwater that's soaked into the ground, mm-hmm. and then it's moving its way either to a spring or a lake or a stream, 
And if you dug a hole down to where the groundwater is, it'll fill up that hole to a level. And that's where they call the groundwater table or groundwater level there. Yeah, it's like when you're at the beach and you dig a big hole and eventually you hit water, but it's not water that's coming directly from the lake or the ocean. Oh, okay. This is good. Thanks, Jojo. This is good. This is really good. Okay, so what if I have a new home versus an older home? Does it matter when it comes to moisture? So I live in an old home, and I'm one of the few people on my blocks that has a dry basement. With time, things get cracks or they're settling. you. Yeah, things like that (laughs) that happen. Um, Also, new construction techniques will do a better job of waterproofing a basement. And then also, they're more likely, if there's a risk of groundwater in and around the house, put in drains to take the water away. However, whether you're in a new home or an old home, how well you keep up everything around your house does impact another type of basement flooding that we haven't talked about, which is rainwater or snow melt. So if you aren't removing the snow that sits alongside your house or a bunch of other pieces on the outside of your house, if they're not well-maintained, those things can cause basement flooding as well. So even if you have a newer home, those are still things that you need to be looking into. I learned that the other day, also in, you know, learning from our engineers in our division. Yeah, so you can actually plow around or snow blow around your home if you really want to, to get rid of that snow. That's an idea, everyone listening to this podcast. Okay, um, let's talk gutters and downspouts. These are really important and easy things that people can kind of look for. So what are they for anyone who doesn't know, and how does it factor into keeping your basement dry? Yeah, so most homes should have gutters that go around the roof where your roof drains down, and it should be catching all the water that when it rains, it's flowing off your roof and it's landing in those gutters. Those gutters then direct that water to a downspout, and that downspout should move the water away from your house. So theoretically, any water that's falling on your roof isn't landing right next to your house like it would naturally. The gutters are moving it away. Um, A lot of things that you will find in old homes or people that have put the gutters on themselves are sometimes the gutters aren't catching the water that comes off. They aren't hung properly. Sure. Or... You have trees nearby and they fill up the gutters very quickly with leaves Mm -hmm. and seeds and other things. And you actually have little trees and such growing out of your gutters and they aren't able to convey that water down to the downspout and away from your house. So one of the easiest things to look for is if you can notably see debris in your gutters or while it's raining, if your gutters are overtopping, that generally means that they're clogged. Also, uh, as your, your gutters concentrate all the rainwater and put it in this little water slide. One thing that's really nice to do for the environment and for your yard is to capture that rainwater in a barrel, in a rain barrel. Hmm. Right? I've seen this happen a few times where the rain barrel was left out over winter full of water. We all know that water expands when it freezes, broke the rain barrel in a small crack. So now this homeowner was catching all of their rainwater in their rain barrel thinking they're doing a good thing, but they're really just pumping water right in their foundation. So Not good. No. If you have a rain barrel, drain it in the fall, late fall. You can still catch a lot of water in, in the fall and use it. And inspect it. Make sure that it's not leaking. So how far, I guess, and I'm listening for this tidbit too for my home, uh, how far are we pushing like the gutters or the downspouts? How far should they be from kind of the foundation or right there by the home. Yeah, generally you want at least six feet from your home's foundation that that water is moving away. So they have the downspout extenders that you can get. Um, a lot of times they break off or you run over them or someone steps on them and you discard them, but they are really important and you should have those in place. OK, 
And if you use your downspout to route it to a rain garden, make sure your rain garden is 10 feet away from your foundation. Hmm. And that's an upcoming podcast. We will be talking more about rain barrels, rain gardens, and everything else. That's awesome. Thank you for that. I'm noting this right now. I'm taking notes. Okay, floodplain. Being on a floodplain, does that matter? How can you tell? Who do you ask? Let's start there. I know that's kind of a loaded question. but Yeah, so you can look online to see if you're in a FEMA-regulated floodplain. And if you are, that typically means that you are close to a body of water and you're under a certain elevation that, based on FEMA's studies, has a 1% chance of flooding each year. So typically for close to a large body of water, you have a higher chance of groundwater and higher groundwater near your house. Um, That can vary, but that tends to be that way. And then also, if you are close to a large body of water and you have a 1% chance of flooding from that body of water each year, um, you have some overland flooding that you should be taking into consideration that you want to keep out of your basement. Like your basement windows. <laughs> yes. Ac- you yes. want to be aware of that elevation and not have it be below the floodplain elevation. Sure, sure. For sure. Yeah. What about, yeah, so access windows, waterproofing them, making sure they don't leak. What What can we do there? People can, you know, have their landscaping set up so that if, you know, if you have a creek or a lake near you, you can have a little berm that will, if your elevations are right, can help hold the water back so it's not just your window. Um, also places like, you know, if you are building a new home and you're working with a builder, make sure everyone's aware of this. It's a bad place for a full exposure basement. Mm. Please don't do that. Full exposure. What does that mean? That means you can walk out of your basement to the great outdoors. It's wonderful. It's really nice. Right. Especially if you're on a hill Mm -hmm. out of the floodplain. But if you're in the floodplain, all you're doing is just inviting the water to come into your basement. And it's not welcome. Not welcome. (laughs) Okay, that's a good bit too. What about the foundation? What sort of things should we be looking for there to make sure that we're in the clear? So when I moved into my house, we had lots of cracks in our foundation, which we patched slowly. We had little geysers that would kind of spring when it rained before we fixed our gutters Oof. and fixed our landscaping. Oof, um, so we patched those, we fixed all the things, and then in the spring, um, when the snow melted right next to our driveway, we ended up with a few more little springs that came out of the walls. So it's really easy right after you have a leak to go look and see where those are, and you can circle them and then go back and patch them. Um, and that's one really easy thing that homeowners can do. But sometimes it's more extreme, and you need to put in a professional drainage system, right? So this is talking to a plumber or a contractor, and they're adding in drain tiles, which are a pipe with holes in it. They take all of that groundwater up against your house, and bring it to a point where a pump can pump it out into, you know, down the hill, out of, out of your yard, away from your foundation. Yeah, so what about sub-pumps? What are they if people aren't familiar with them? And how can they help and kind of work our way into backwater valves as well? But let's start with sub-pumps. So a sump pump is just a, it's a small little pump you can have in your house that runs off of your regular plug-in electricity or a backup battery pack. And it has a float on it. And when that float is triggered, because the water is deep enough, it turns on and it pumps the water somewhere. You know, if you're looking at Madison, that's oftentimes just into your yard away from your house. And that's usually enough. It just has a small amount of groundwater that just needs to get away from the foundation and have a chance for that groundwater level to to drop back down. Uh, A sump pump's really, really important 
in places if you might have risk of surface flooding. Because if you put up sandbags even to hold that water outside back, no sandbag is 100% protection. Sure. You have to, it's, the goal is to slow down the water so your sump pump can keep up. So you can go out and buy a sump pump, but some homes already have backwater valves and some do not. So let's talk that. Before we go there, one more thing on the sump pumps. Oh, Um, okay. Please be my guest. So on the isthmus or in places where you're next to a lake, you may have your basement foundation that's low enough that you would be at the water level of the lake that you're next to. And depending on the soils around you, your, your house might be right above the groundwater level because of the lake. Now, if your lake is supplying the groundwater, you're not going to pump your way out of that. So you have to make sure your ground or your sump pump float is set at a level so you're not just trying to pump down the lake because that's mm-hmm. a battle you're not going to win. Sure. This happened to my neighbor. His mm-hmm. contractor put in the sump pump float way too low, had to come back and make a modification. His basement's still dry, and now it runs only after a storm for about a half hour, whereas before it was running all day, every day. Sure. Um, We'll have to revisit backwater valves because I really want to get to um, some of the last few things um, that people can do because we want this podcast to be a resource for people. So easy things that anyone listening can do to make sure that their basement doesn't leak, doesn't have moisture, um, just easy things that they can do or look into as we wrap up. Yeah, so I think some of the first things that you can do is make sure that you're cleaning your gutters regularly and to make sure that your yard is gridded to drain away from your house. Um, That's something that can be kind of hard to see Mm -hmm. if you're not really looking carefully for it, but just adding a little bit of fill closer to your house and making sure that that water is moving away is a super easy thing that you can do that doesn't take a lot of investment. Um, Other things that you can do is make sure that you're not piling snow up against your house so you don't have spring flooding when that snow melts. Um, understanding where the water goes on your property, whether or not you're having issues. As soon as you do a new landscaping project or want to try something new in the backyard, you don't want to stop where the water is flowing through and cause it to back up and flood into your basement. Um, And then working with your neighbors, if you are having flooding issues, they might be as well, and you want to make sure that you're not moving that water onto their property. Also, uh, every basement is going to get a little bit of moisture in it. A dehumidifier goes a long way to preventing that mold. So just have that running. There's ones that have a little catch basin in the bottom. You dump it out into your sink every you know two days. Or there's some that are a little more robust that have a hose that connects into your floor drain. Uh, one other thing is with the backflow preventers, having a backflow preventer installed by a plumber can help the sanitary backups. And then also if you don't have one of those in your older house, you can have kind of emergency protection where you would put rubber and a sandbag over the low openings in your floor to prevent any sewage that could back up. That'd only be an extreme event and something you have to be careful when you do, but can help you. Yeah, lots lots of good resources that we want to help anyone listening here. I'm definitely taking notes. This is all good information. Thank you both for being here. This was such a good opportunity for us to share um, some resources that really any of us can do, double check, um, and make sure that our basements stay dry. And good luck to both of you. Thank you. Yeah, JoJo's working on her basement, and so is Phil. So good luck to both of you, too. Thanks for being here. So these resources are posted on the Engineering Division's website under the Stormwater section. And again, anyone listening, if you have more questions about this topic or anything else you'd like us to chat about, feel free to call us in engineering. 
Uh, the number is on our city website, or even more importantly, click over to our City of Madison Engineering Facebook page. We're here for you as a resource every day in engineering.